ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 109, 2018, a year in review. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hello, Jenny. I love the episodes so that we don't prepare and talk to each other prior, and it's all going to be a surprise. I know. I was trying to get you to give me your answers before we no hit way. record, and you refused. And no way. so we're here to do a recap of our year in terms of our favorite things in different categories. We did the same thing last year for 2017, and so we're using the exact same categories, but our answers are going to be very different, I think, one year later. And we're doing this a little bit off the cuff, so... Which Bear is with the us. Fun part of it. <laughs> yeah. We might say something that we want to regret afterwards <laughs> that might be too embarrassing. Although I looked at my <laughs> answers from last year and some of them are pretty embarrassing. And so I guess we're just going to go with it. <laughs> Especially like my the favorite TV. from last year is that our favorite Instagram was like the royal family on Instagram. <laughs> Well, I that's still a think, embarrassing. I think that's it's kind funny. of a fun account, but and I love that you tag me on anything that where the Queen of England is mentioned on Instagram. You're like, Sandy, look at this. I know, I do tag you because I think you're going to get so excited. Well, yeah. Anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Okay, let's start. First one up, Jenny is best book. What was your favorite book of 2018? Okay, well, I might surprise everyone by not talking about a business book, but I do actually like to read fiction sometimes. And my favorite fictional book that I read this year was The Lost Girls of Camp Forevermore. I loved this book. It was written by Kim Fu, and we had a literary festival here in the spring on my island, and she came and was part of the authors that came in and gave talks and had sessions. And I just really, she's really young and like super young, like early 20s, I think. And she's written this profoundly beautiful novel and it's suspenseful and interesting and I loved it. And so I think I read that novel in one day and I just, I devoured it. And it was like one of the first novels I've read in a long time that stuck with me. So Highly recommend. I think too, you were saying that you want to read more fiction this year. I do. Year yeah, too, I didn't at some point, right? Totally. There are some other books that I read that I love too, like 
see like <laughs> that, yeah but you read that book about like the lady that was running in the political yeah, office let me that just was get the names because that was a really good uh, that one i haven't read yet and i still would like to let me look in my kindle okay so the other books that i read and loved this year were charlotte walsh likes to win by joe piazza that's the one you're thinking of i of course yeah. loved the female persuasion by meg Wolitzer. And then I have a couple that I've I've started and not finished that I'm enjoying, like Tell the Machine Goodnight by Katie Williams and Little Fires Everywhere by Celestine. So I have other fiction too that I'm taking in. And then mm-hmm. I also get those are that's just what's on my Kindle. But I do use and frequent my local library as a patron. And so a lot of times I just go and browse. Like there's something so satisfying about browsing for a fictional book. Like I I don't want to have to know what I'm looking for. You know, like I I just kind of want to see it and discover it. That's how I relate to fiction. So anyway, how how about you? What was your favorite book of the year? It's not fiction. I read very little fiction this year. So I have two. The first one, as you know, as you guessed earlier, is Witch by Lisa Lister. And I just I don't know. I know. I just love this book. I have lent it out and I don't have it and I feel like I miss it. I want to read it again. But it is a book about being a woman, being a healer, being intuitive and how like the word witch has been so, you know, obviously has a very negative connotation in our society through movies and culture. And it's like this evil old woman, ugly hag. And it's about no, like witch is a woman and a beautiful woman and an an intuitive knowing woman and really to embrace that side of ourselves. And it's a super easy read. She talks about like, I I don't know if there was something about like proclaiming to the world about I am a witch Mm -hmm. that just like struck me so hard. Like I'm a witch. I'm a witch. Like I just, I don't know. I'm still kind of wrestling with what it all means to me, but it just makes me so happy to talk openly about being a witch and being you know, attracted to crystals and herbs and spells. And my son is just having a glorious time teasing me about this whole thing. It's really quite funny. But, you know, being intuitive and, you know, working with the cycles of the moon and all that stuff, I love it all. Mm -hmm. And I just have, it went, it sent me down many, many other books. And, but Lisa Lister's book started it all and I've just loved it. Hmm. Yeah. I remember, I think that when you read that book, I felt the influence it had on you. Like I felt mm-hmm. how you were shifting because of reading that book. So that's yeah. just the best thing a book yeah, can do amazing. for you. And then the other one, I just, I don't want to discuss for too long because we just mentioned it on the last podcast, but it's Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, which was your suggestion. And I, I haven't finished it, but I think that looking back, it will be one of the incredibly influential books on both our lives over the next couple of years about how we run our business and how we operate and show up in front of our team and how we communicate with each other and just understanding how to deal with people as in a position of leadership, which we all are Mm -hmm. in a position of leadership. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's right. I love that book. Okay. So the next category is best Netflix shows. So why don't you go first for this one? This one I'm so excited about, and I don't think you've watched it yet because we briefly discussed it. It's called Feminists, What Were They Thinking? Mm-hmm. I have and not watched it And it's relatively new on Netflix. And I sat there, my husband and son were out of town, and I sat there and bawled through the whole show. And it's based on a book, a photographer, Cynthia McAdams, who back in the 1970s photographed a lot of famous feminists, although they weren't famous, all that famous at the time. 
she photographed them and then she created a book and she's taken this book and she's showing the people that she photographed then she's showing them today Mm -hmm. and they're sitting and looking at these pages of themselves back in the 70s and describing what they feel looking at this photo of them doing something in 1972 and what it felt like and what they were challenged with and it just i think what made me so emotional watching this was like all the work that these previous women have done for us, Mm -hmm. you know, like the right to choose what you do with your body, the right to earn a a living, a fair wage. I mean, there's still obviously tons of work to be done in that arena, but it's like these women were fighting and marching and arguing and standing up and going against the grain and doing things that wasn't expected or necessarily approved of back then. And I just was so, I sat there in such immense gratitude for the work and the angst that these women went through to speak their mind and stand up. And I think it's just paved a path. And they talked like to Jane Fonda and on her like nine to five, that movie, which I barely remember. And she talks about how radical it was at the time to like, not like your boss and to think negative. And it's just, oh, I mm. loved it. I loved it. It's, yeah, I need it's to watch so it. So good. is it a single documentary? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. It looks like a very worthwhile endeavor. Okay, so my favorite Netflix show was a series that is really popular. So probably a lot of you have already watched this, but it's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, have I didn't know you watched it? that. Yeah, I loved it. I, yes, loved, I loved it. it. Yeah. I loved it. And it's so it's by Samin Nosrat. I don't know if I'm saying yeah. her name right. I hope, Yeah, I think so. I feel, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not butchering it, but it's based on her best-selling cookbook of the same name that won the James... Beard Cookbook of the Year Award for this Mm -hmm. year, 2018. And I just, I fell in love with her too because she had a style profile on Cup of Joe, which is my favorite blog. And just, I love like, she's a different shape body than what's traditionally featured in the mainstream media. And I just, I love her personality. I love her sort of joyful approach to life. I loved reading about how she feels beautiful and what she does to like, you know, like how she shifted some things in her own mind. I loved the show. I loved watching her go on these culinary adventures. I loved like how much joy she brought to the kitchen when she's cooking. It just made me want to eat everything. <laughs> and like well, she, she's infectious. Mm-hmm. Like she just wants to eat. Like she yeah, tastes everything. Yeah. And she's just like, can I try it? Can I try it? Yeah. And she's just like grabbing food and shoving it in her I mouth. Know. And I agree with you that she's not the typical, you know, American looking TV beauty. And again, and I think she's of Iranian descent. I might have that wrong, but her mother's on that on one of the episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And they cook a traditional meal together. And it's so amazing. And she's just, the word is joy. She's just joyful in, she is in the right career. She loves every moment of it. And I just, I absolutely adore that woman as well. She's just infectious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she got her start in and being a chef at Chez Panisse in Berkeley. And I just, I have such a fond relationship with that restaurant because I went to Berkeley as an undergrad and just such a symbol of that place and everything that kind of that food culture stands for in the Bay Area. And it's just really special to me. So I just enjoyed every second of that show. So if you haven't watched it, if you're one of the only people living under a rock who has not watched this series yet, it's only four episodes, I think. It's not, four. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not a lot, but it's so good. I wanted more. Me too. Okay, next category is best purchase. What's your favorite thing that you bought this year, Jenny? This is hard for me. I think I'm going to go ahead and say my kayak just because it's something that we've wanted for a really long time and we finally did it this year. And it's this giant red two-person 
kayak. And I love it. I love the experience of going out in the water. And I love hiking, but it's different to go out in the water, right? So we can go out in the ocean around here. We have multiple lakes on our little island. It just feels like just such an important tool or aspect of living this life that we're building out here. Yeah, that's cool. Have you seen the origami kayaks? I have, yeah. I read some negative reviews about them, but they're cool. They fold up and yeah. like you can put them in your apartment, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. So my best purchased, this one, I really struggled with this one, but I'm going to say it was the money that I spent on private Pilates classes. So I'm just constantly struggling with my SI, my sacroiliac joint, and it's just this aggravation and Pilates has just been like miraculous. Mm-hmm. So my favorite thing I've spent money on this year is Pilates. Nice. Yeah, that's a good use. I always love spending money on wellness, which is partly why we both have wellness company. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So the next category we're going to talk about is most influential people. So why don't you go first, Sandy? Sure. This one, there's many to choose from, but I think there was a moment when you and I were sitting in Los Angeles listening to Tara Sophia Moore speak that something just like clicked. And so for me to kind of, I mean, we read Tara's book Playing Big years ago. I think we both did years ago. And I've kind of forgotten the concepts and what she was teaching and her message until she was on stage there again. And then it all came back. And it's like, I have so much work to do and so much I can learn from Tara Sophia Moore. And I actually registered in her program, Your Prompting. And so I'm doing her facilitators training program right now with her. So I get to listen to Tara live every week in a big group. And it's wonderful. So I think for this year, She's been the biggest influence with Brene Brown and that Dare to Lead book as a close second. Okay, this one is really hard for me. I didn't come up with an answer before we started recording, and I don't know that I have one right now. I feel like I'm influenced by so many people, but the truth is I feel like I'm most influenced by you. (laughs) So we work together so closely, and we have such a strong friendship and partnership that I feel like you're my sounding board. And we've I've had a lot of transition going on this year and kind of some tumultuous stuff. And I just feel so grateful for our friendship. And I also feel like I trust your opinion if I go to you for advice, sort of sage advice that I really take to heart. So I'm going to do go this. Ahead don't and do that. Do Sandy. this. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, Jenny. Thank you for that. That's really meaningful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, wow. let's go on to something a little less serious. Favorite yeah, I'm start crying. Instagram account <laughs> from that to Instagram. Okay, so mine is the self-portrait underscore society. So this is something I found when I was working with Amy Walsh and I was doing one of her challenges and part of it was doing like a selfie, like a self-portrait and like showing yourself, not like, you know, like everyone does like a selfie, but like really trying to expose who you are in a very meaningful and our kind of artistic way. Mm-hmm. And it really opened my eyes watching, going through that challenge and watching what people posted about themselves. And somehow I stumbled upon this this account, self-portrait underscore society. And they this just a curated account of beautiful self-portraits. And they're just like Oh, they just make me, they're so gorgeous. They're so beautiful and so opposite to what we see with just the typical selfies out there that I just loved it. Okay. I don't know that one. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever mentioned it. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. 
go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. Okay, so I am going to just do something that's not very meaningful, but also, but does impact me. And I'm going to say General Store is my favorite Instagram account this year. And we actually (laughs) went to General Store in Venice when we were in LA together earlier in the fall. And I was kind of disappointed at the actual store, but I still love the Instagram (laughs) account. And I think that maybe the one in the Bay Area is better. But I just, I love the aesthetic of it. And as a new maker, I feel like now that I have another side business with my kid and my family where we're like making things and selling our products, this Instagram account really has inspired me just sort of with the aesthetic of their what they're curating into their stores and into their brand. And I just, I kind of love that like beige, everything kind of neutral, vibe, tone on neutral, tone. Mm-hmm. everything. And I love that, like the way they've curated products. Like I want every single thing they have, like I can't afford it. Like nobody can afford what's in that store because like, it's like, oh, I want this hat, but it's like a $300 fedora or I want these pair of like old vintage jeans and they're like, they put over $200 yeah. for like ratty old jeans. But I love it. And I I love looking at it from a visual perspective. Like it just inspires me as a maker. Yeah, their account is gorgeous. And we had both watched them for a while. So yeah. it was really odd to walk into the actual store yeah. and, and look at, oh, that's where they take those photos. And you could see how yeah, they like totally. use a little corner to make a beautiful image. And I took some photos and then, oh my God, they're just not the same as whoever <laughs> takes their photos are so good. So yeah, I, that it is a good account to follow. Mm-hmm. They're doing Instagram well for a tiny, yes. tiny little boutique. Oh yeah, it was, it was like almost 300,000 Instagram followers. So like, yeah, it's crazy. you know, kudos to them for that. Okay, next one is the best decision. Okay, what do you what, think? What do you think? I want you to go first. Sorry, I have a couple here and I'm just deciding. Um, <laughs> Jenny, I don't know. So what I'm going to say, there was a lot of decisions this year. I think our best decision was to return to wellness. Yeah. So we talked about that again last episode, the last episode, but that is like we made some small decisions to go to 100% on intercom, all our help docs, all our in-app messaging, all our bots are all on one platform. So that was like a really big decision. But I think like on a bigger scheme to just return 100% mentally and emotionally to wellness to focus on those teachers and attracting those to our company. I think that was our best decision this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something a little bit more tactical oh too. God. What? What is the like our decision to finally for the first time ever put Namastream on sale? And oh. I think like you know, we just we were yeah. like against it for a lot of philosophical and emotional reasons because for us, like we didn't want to cheapen our product and the experience of using our tool and you know, technically too, like putting it on sale is harder than it sounds. But nevertheless, we finally did it for the first time in 2018 and I think the feedback was, you know, overwhelmingly Overwhelming. like thank you that's mm-hmm. what we wanted and so we're like oh okay so what does that mean for us going forward we have a lot to figure out but like ultimately like we could offer a million things as incentives for people to use our software but really what they want is for it to go on sale so that was really helpful feedback mm-hmm. for us like i think i didn't expect the result to be sort of that massive but i'm happy that we know that information now yes i agree with you and that's uh, i didn't actually think at that point but that's that is a good one Okay, so the next Next. factor is favorite article. So what was your favorite article of the year? This is really hard for me. 
Yeah, because we go through so many articles, and I think if we looked at these end-of-year episodes, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about happened in the second half of the year, because it's like in recent memory. But for me, it was the article that you found called Powerful Women Talk About Power. Yeah, it was like a series of articles, right? Yeah, and so when we Mm – when we I just read one in preparation for the episode that we did on power. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, I went back and I was like, you know, read all of them, all these different women talking about their relationship to power. Mm -hmm. And it was so the answers were so diverse and really quite refreshing. And really sort of illuminated as women how much work we have to do with our relationship with power. And it was just so good. So I kind of wish I had prepared better for that episode, but it was such a good, do you remember what publication that was? Was that the Atlantic or? I think it was the Atlantic. Uh, uh, it was, no, it was an online one. We'll, we'll figure it out and we'll put it in the show notes. Oh yeah. But I don't, I don't keep everything in mind. And I'm going to actually not pick a particular article. Well, I'll tell you the particular article and then I'll tell you like sort of the follow up to it. So my favorite article is an article that came out in 2015. And it's just one I return to kind of all the time. And it's called Reconsider. And it was written by the founder of like Ruby on Rails and Basecamp. And it's just a really helpful article about what it means to have a startup and have a business and to take something on. It's all about like making a dent in the universe versus trying to be at the very top. So this is this is just a really... A meaningful article to me, it's in line with sort of the zebra movement that we talked about a lot last year and this idea of not trying to be a billion-dollar company or a unicorn that you can actually make your mark with your work and in the world by not trying to be at the very top. And DHH goes back to this stuff all the time, this concept of not having to be the very top or the, like the most giant of anything in order to have impact. So this article is something just as a founder that I return to all the time. I just was rereading it again like a week ago, and I probably read it every few months. And, and the bigger thing to point out is just to look at this entire series of articles. It's called Signal versus Noise, which is it's like a mini publication on Medium. So it's it's like the blog mm, of Basecamp, cool. which is a project management software. So strong opinions and shared thoughts on design, business, and tech by the makers and friends of Basecamp. So they've been writing this since 1999. And it's just like as a founder, it's such a helpful resource to go there anytime I feel lost. Like I either go here or I go to Seth Godin. Like one or the other will get me, pull me out of my funk. <laughs> okay. And next category is the best conference. Oh, best. Which we both have this best same conference. Answer. I think without a doubt was She Recovers. We had yep. such a fun time there. And I think that's yours too, right, Sandy? Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we like everything from like celebrity spotting to just being really moved by the content of the event to networking and meeting lots of new friends and just being proud sort of to be there as a sponsor and, you know, as creators of a tool that one of the founders of She Recovers used to disseminate their education and their yoga to the world. It was just great. It was overall like a really fun time in LA. Yeah, a little RuPaul crashing into a little, we had the best chocolate of our lives there. Yeah. We talked to Tara Sevilla Moore. You we, got the, the you side know, eye from Larry King at like the deli. Yeah, Larry King at right? the like, at It the, was just yeah, a fun time. So That's right. And I mean, we had so many podcast guests come out of that. We made so many relationships. Taryn Strong, and it was great to meet Taryn and Don Strong, who founded She Recovers. And Taryn is actually coming on our podcast in a couple of weeks. And yeah, it just... 
over and over and over again, we're still sort of enjoying the benefits of that that trip to LA. So yeah, absolutely. She recovers. Mm-hmm. And best podcast episodes. Do you have one of these? I don't have episode. I have like podcasts. a show. I know which one you're yeah. going to say. Go ahead. Go for it, Sandy. I know what you're going to okay. say. Okay. Zigzag. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm not picking an episode because you kind of have to listen to all of yeah. season one is their starting of this new podcast, leaving, you know, a paid radio job, public radio, and starting this as two women founders with family and taking care of themselves. And there's so many similarities with those two women and us that I loved hearing their stories because so much, so much of their struggle is our struggle. And I also just love learning, watching them, how they produce a show, how they put story together, how they tried to raise funds. They went through the whole blockchain thing that which ended up failing, which you know, is part of the interest of this story. So I like to listen to them to learn how to produce a good podcast, how to do a good interview, but also learn about blockchain and this sort of broken, you know, model of journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really respect them. And I saw just yesterday that they made yeah. best of iTunes for 2018, which is so cool with like cereal and all they those. 100% like, deserve that. Yeah, with all those really big shows. Well, I actually want to say one of our own episodes for this. Oh, and yeah. I want to say just interviewing Jess from Yoga Behind Bars was an uh. honor. I really enjoyed that conversation. It really moved me. I loved learning more about what they're doing in prisons with training teachers to do trauma-informed teaching. I just really enjoyed that conversation, and it still has stuck with me. So even though it's kind of egotistical to say it's one of our own episodes, I just – Jess was such a wonderful – guest and I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, she was great. She's a beautiful speaker. She explained everything so well. She's a gentle soul. Yeah. Okay, the big one. So going into 2019, mm-hmm. do you have a word or words you've chosen to focus on? I have a word. It it's called amplification. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I think it's like we have, Sandy, we have created something. We've like honed in. We've edited it. It's like It's all set, and now it's about amplifying that message, that vision, that product out into the world. That's yeah. I'm just I'm thinking about how that fits with mine. So my word for 2019 is efficiency. Hmm. Is somewhat along the same lines in that I feel like we've figured out so many things over the last couple of years. We figured out how to build the software. We've figured out our audience, who we want to attract. We figured out how to work together. We've got systems in place. We know how to work with our devs. We're working on paid advertising now more than we ever have before. And now in 2019, I want to make more money and work less. So I think that we're in a place of really thinking about efficiency. Mm-hmm. And Scaling. so we've done a few things recently. Yeah, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think this could be a whole topic of of how we're trying to automate as much as we can and still focus 100% on the actual real life people, but not have to do some of the more mundane, you know, boring, repetitive type tasks that anybody could do or any bot could do. So, yes, ma'am. Yeah, so efficiency. Yeah, I think we we had this, like last year was really about taking over every single task in our company after mm-hmm. we were just not happy with how everything was being done. And so we sort of were like, we'll just do it ourselves. And we did for a long time and it was a lot of work. And now we're like, oh, okay, so we really know how these things should be done or how we want them to be done. We've learned a lot as managers about how we want processes to go. And so we can now give those tasks to other people and have much better results because we're better at 
defining our objectives and setting parameters for how things should be done. So it's super exciting. Yeah. And I think it's also really understanding the tools and software that we pay for and are Mm -hmm. using and how do we get every ounce out of those tools. Yeah. Like using every single feature that we can that would that would make sense for us. So that's also part of the work we've done the last couple of weeks even. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. That is 2018, a year in review. If you have recommendations for Netflix shows or books or articles or podcasts that you would recommend to us in our community, we would love it if you would go into our Facebook group and share them. We're Soulful MBA on Facebook. And until next time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. Thank you.